1: Welcome to the 5-Year Plan podcast, episode 505, following a very early Christmas gift from JD in the 5-Year Plan James McCarthy interview, which is available now on your podcast feed. Today, though, you're with me, Joe Walker, ahead of what is a big festive week for Palace, and with me for this episode. Firstly, a welcome return to Ben Long. Great to have you on again, Longie. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Good to be back.
1: Yeah, always good to have you on. Um, I thought of you... uh, recently actually, there was a there was a tweet um i think of from the robert eaton memorial fund account which obviously that i know the fund has closed because of just the, for various reasons which i think you've yeah. explained on here before yeah. but um the remaining kind of surplus funds and stuff have been distributed between palace and uh brighton charities uh, there was a lovely post from them recently about their donation to palace for life and um the bespoke kit that's gone to the down syndrome eagles which was there's some really brilliant photos of them and how delighted they look to to get their first ever specific kit and yeah I just even as the, as that fund and the organisation has kind of closed up it's still doing really awesome things and yeah uh, you know for the love lost that will be this Thursday you yeah know, let's start let's start on a good note at least with them and yeah say, yeah no I was, I was
2: blown away to be honest mate I, was, I had a quick chat with them after the last game that we played which was the final of the game. And I said, look, if you're looking to donate any money to, like, our, our sort of way, um, please uh, hit up the Foundation, Palace for Life Foundation. And when the, when I saw that they donated £8,000, I was mm-hmm. literally, yeah, that blew me away, really. And it, it sort of cemented how good um, a togetherness we'd sort of formed, regardless of our rivalry of, yeah. like, in, in real terms, like Crystal Palace and Brighton, but uh, all the good things, and then the pictures the other day of the, the guys in their new kits was just yeah, it was, it was a heartwarming moment.
1: Yeah, beaming. They're, they're all content that comes out of the Down Syndrome Eagles team uh, from that that Vieira chat, the Hodson visit, where they're sort of yeah. piggyback. It's just all of it's brilliant and worth checking out if you if you haven't uh, already, listener. Um, joining me and Longie today, <laughs> the fan to my Sunji it's Jack Pierce. Oh yeah. He's a
0: guy from Strength to Strength, my man. Uh yeah. Good. Yeah. Funny enough, I
1: was thinking about Fanji High not too long ago. Yeah, uh, as was I. Did you see the uh Homesdale China supporters? That was yes. that's all good. Oh, I love that. So for those that don't know, um the Liverpool game the Yeti had, and I believe they're hunting for Chelsea tickets also. There are a pair yeah. of um Palace supporters who go by the group Homesdale China. They've got this really amazing um banner of fanzy. Sort of in in his in his full kit that I think the stewards tried to like take off them uh, on Saturday, but they they got a bit of help uh, making sure that they kept it. And one of them one of them is wearing a what would be I guess what two thousand two thousand and one TFG mm-hmm. Sports Palace kit with yeah. fan five on the back, yeah. yeah, which must be worth an absolute fortune. By the way, I how would...
0: much would you give for
1: that, Joe? I think
0: oh. <laughs> I think you go into the hundreds, mate.
1: Yeah, I'd start. I'd start selling computers and laptops and phones. I think to 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 get that that. Oh my goodness, I, I'm in awe of them. And it's that that opener there is a tribute to them. I think because yeah,
0: great shout. But, my my uh, as a as a as a child, one of the biggest claims to Palace I ever had was that um, my best friend's dad sold Fangi, or more more likely Fangi's representative a car. Right. Before he signed. And that was the most exciting thing. When you're 10, that was about as That's good as magical. it gets. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I think he hit up Beckham and Mitsubishi. And that was uh, nice. big news. Big news back in the day. But yeah. big yeah. shout. Sun Sunji I, who went on to probably have the better career in English football.
1: But yeah.
0: But fan was, seems was, to be the one that represents the biggest well, was, cult icon for Palace.
1: Yeah, I think Sunji went sort of left again within six months and then came back to England when he was ready, I guess. Mm. But fan, fan gave it a good shift. I remember maybe I was too young, but I, I, I imagine in my mind that he had an amazing defensive display against Liverpool in the in the cup semi final. Um, <laughs> everyone,
0: everyone played eleven out
1: of ten that night. Yeah, yeah, basically we've got the result, but uh, yeah, it was it was good to get the nostalgia going. Not that I even needed it on Saturday because what's happening right now was uh, it was a nice lift on the weekend. And yes. before we
0: uh, get uh, in, hang, hang, before we hang on, before we get started, a note to you, Joe, your first hosting of a not defeat.
1: Yes, I, I I almost forgot. It's um, it was a relief. It was a huge relief, and to, to put it this way, I'd, I'd even I went out on Saturday. I went partying, and I went to a day party. No signal there. I just thought, "That's ah, it's okay. It's this is a game I tend to write off, and ah, uh, oh, I could, I was giddy. I was squealing like a piglet when when the messages started coming through. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Uh, oh, yes. Hopefully, a run that now this is the. I don't know what's the equivalent. This is, this is the 2 0 win over Chelsea. Hodgson, the Hodgson one with you know two, the two wingers up front. Here from now on, it's it's smooth sailing. Hopefully,
0: we're flying now. Okay, like it.
1: There we go. Now before we get into that game, um, a mention for our sponsor. FYP is sponsored by Green King Sport. It's the season for festive football, and the best way to watch it is, of course, your local Green King Sport pub. It's Christmas, a great time to catch up with friends, old and new. So get the team to your local for refreshing pints delicious food and live action of every Christmas cracker. That's every fixture from TNT sports, sky sports, and Amazon live at Green King sport pubs. That includes palaces, fixtures with Brighton and Chelsea over the next week or so. So you can watch every goal, every dodgy VAR and every huge moment going on in the premier league in an atmosphere worth sharing and make sure if you do go to download the Green King sport app and you'll get 10% off drinks every single time there's sport on the telly in there. Right. Man City away Saturday. Where to begin? I'll try and chronological order. I think the place to start is two pm. The eleven going out. So the Sun ran a piece quoted essentially public reaction. You get this a lot of the uh, a lot of the kind of paper. Uh, they'll go fans respond to, and it's just a load of tweets uh, put into a you know a, 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 an article. And the one the headline was someone said it was one of the worst Premier League starting lineups of all time which I guess in a Palace context, possibly, not because... And it's a, it's quite odd. I'll start with you, Jack, because Tyrek Mitchell returns. Mm-hmm. You have Dean Henderson committing to start. It was That was quite of a 50-50. An interesting dilemma because the, the word seemed to suggest that he wasn't ready, but we kind of needed him to just play through any pain. Um, you've got Ebbs returning on the bench. There's glimmers of hope there, but because of existing absentees, um, Will Hughes is ill overnight. Um I'm trying to think who else. Jefferson Lerma can't play. Edward. We... Edward missing. Oh, yeah. We're expecting some gaps. Are you missing as well? Were you expecting a five four one with Joel Ward at centre back?
0: That's that's like the exciting interpretation of it. I mean, a lot of people saw it as like a uh like an eight one one. Uh <laughs> literally Elise and Matetta being the only outlet. But um no, I wasn't expecting that to be honest. Um, but we've talked about previously this season It's now getting to the point where you just need to play Your best 11 players mm. And that's what I felt Saturday was He was just sticking out the 11 players that, that we may not consider to be the best But they're certainly the most trusted by by Roy's eye And he got everyone he could out on the pitch And you know, quite quickly had to turn to the bench And, and put his trust a bit of youth I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a plenty about David Ozo And his wonderful performance But um, I wasn't expecting it but it's clearly what they worked on because even in that first 20 minutes, even though City created a few openings, we did look quite tight. The back five, or certainly the back three, looked quite well um, oiled and, and they were working well together. But um, City will always create chances. They'll create chances against the best teams in Europe, let alone an the injury ravaged Palace. So, yeah, it was interesting. And um, I think we need to give credit to Roy, Ray and Paddy for the, the work they put in in that week and, and clearly built upon the Liverpool performance, even if the result wasn't what they wanted
1: yeah long I don't think anyone expected to go up there and um take anything in the situation that we were at but based w- were you quite happy up to the point of let's say the city taking the lead that how we set up the way if we were gonna take something out of the game with that eleven it was gonna have to look like the way we were playing it was just kind of having to take our medicine and trust trust in the management were you were you were you with them all the way from the start? Or were you? I saw a lot of discussion, you know, about, you know, there are five academy kids on the bench in the end, and uh, or five youngsters anyway, and the idea of maybe not to write off this game, but is this the game where we, we should actually see some minutes for some of those? And the starting lineup was almost an indication of, well, maybe there isn't that faith put in them yet. And we'll get to the second half or even the first sub and how that changes things. But did you kind of just, even at the start of this game, are you kind of just, respecting and appreciating this is just going to be half the way it might this has to be the way it is.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think when you're Crystal Palace you go to Man City away you ain't going to go there and go toe-to-toe with them. I feel like even when we've had them good results in the past um, obviously one was under Roy and then the other one under Patrick I don't think we really went toe-to-toe with them. We had a bit of good fortune when Vieira was the manager because they had a player sent off and it sort of turned the game in our favour a little bit more but as I say, Crystal Palace can't go to Man City and go toe to toe because you'll soon find yourself free, free or down very quickly. Um, so, I mean, I was having flashbacks of when Allardyce was the manager. I needed the, the formation and, and the team he picked that day. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff Schlock was playing in the back three that day. I think. He was. He yeah. And yeah. um, so it was very much of the senior players that were fit were lumped together into a team, a formation. But I read a lot of negative stuff on Twitter during the first sort of twenty minutes, and it, oh, what's the point? What's the point? Well, yeah, after ninety-five minutes, there was the point, and that's what we were there setting up to do: staying in the game as long as possible or not going too far behind. Which isn't great. It's not great to sit there and actually accept that. But sometimes you have to do these things, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the main contentions. I think you get some people with with Roy. I, I think the hallmarks of a Roy Hudson are maximizing what's in front of him for that game and also staying in the game. And to Roy Hodgson, that tends to mean even at 1-0, he's quite happy to kind of not change things too drastically yeah. because there's got trust in something happening. And it only tends to be a 2-0 where he might start making some changes in the system. And funny how it plays out because, Jack, I feel like this game might be... Uh, I don't want to over egg it too much but I think the circumstances that it's almost like a perfect storm where you might this might be a transformative game for kind of the rest of the season and Roy Hodgson's palace because Joel Ward going off a hamstring injury I believe so that might be a while Mm -hmm. with the combination of Lerma's injury with Will Hughes being suddenly ill it means David Ozo comes on 25 minutes half an hour in so he's played what well, I think he's the most he's played in a game in a, in a Premier League. He's had a couple appearances, but it tends to be the 10 minutes, five minutes. Suddenly, you're asking him to do an hour plus injury time in the biggest game of the season, uh, opponents wise. And for all the people that are saying this is a player that should get more opportunities, he's in because he has to be, but then puts in a performance that you know you really think is going to earn a lot of trust and goodwill with the management because. I mean, I've tried to watch a, I've got to watch a significant chunk of the game back now and he, he, oh, I was so, I'm really delighted for him just generally, but it puts in the kind of performance that is very easy to get behind as a fan, never mind the management.
0: When I saw him come on so early, I fully anticipated that he might have to be subbed again with maybe 15 or 10 to go just because he's not played that amount of minutes mm. in such an intense environment. I think that was his second Premier League appearance. His first one was uh, against Newcastle for literally three or four minutes back in... In February. Um so to to throw him in there shows that he's clearly shown something in training. Um and I was I was delighted for him. I, I think he he mixed it, he was composed on the ball, um, did everything that I think a lot of Palace fans who are familiar with the 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 youth, um, the the or the younger squads um have, have recognized in him. But there's definitely a player who could if given the opportunity take take it and and he did. And who knows, he may well have also contributed to the the questions all the decisions that are gonna to have to be made in January in terms of, of kind of adding to that part of the squad but incredibly um mature performance in that part of the pitch and shouldn't be lost it was actually his um his challenge against Bill Foden that, that eventually leads to the penalty so he, he's contributing as well he's not just kind of you know fitting in he's he's doing bits that are actually contributing to to important moments of the game and just to kind of indicate his energy levels he's actually also up there when when the foul's given the penalty, yeah, yeah. He's in the melee that then these the ball you know, spiralling out and leading to the penalty award. So, fantastic performance. And Matthaus Franca, again, number one. I think you're right. I think it, it could um, could be that point of the season which people would, hopefully, in months to come, consider the, the game that that Roy decided that, yeah, some of these players are ready. Um, I haven't brought all the criticism about Roy. I haven't felt that he's... We, we've talked previously, I was, after the Bournemouth game, I was frustrated that... France didn't get 10 15 minutes there, but you still have to trust the manager's judgment. And he clearly felt that France could come in and impact that last 15 once we got that that goal back from Mateta. And we'll come on to Jean Philippe as well, he was another yeah. positive. Um, but yeah, really pleased. And, and individuals who had really great days that they'll remember for, uh, for the rest of their career, I hope.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know, have. Both of you seen this? I think Brazilian TV managed to grab a couple of questions with Roy at the end of the game. There's a clip circulating. It's very much a diplomatic answer. I think you know it's Roy Hudson very aware that he's asking a, answering a question about Mateus Fanta to Brazilian television. But it's <laughs> very much what the words what interested me. I think he said he's been ready for about a month now, which I thought was quite interesting. But just trying to pick his moments, um, you can read between the lines. I think he definitely. I mean, there's definitely communication issues for Roy defensively that I think he wants to. That's the sort of thing that he wants to make sure his wingers can get involved in. I think a great. Obviously, I use a very easy example, but I think Michael Elise's defensive contributions still quite unsung outside of Palace. It's a huge reason why he's kind of just gets so much responsibility and freedom as he does, because he would also do the hard work backwards. And I can imagine a young Brazilian teenager might need a little bit more than a a few weeks after a a quite a long injury to get familiar with that stuff too. But it is promising. And I think Longy, him coming on at, I think he's been planned to be brought on at 2-0 anyway. Then JP gets a goal and he is still brought on, which did that surprise you in the circumstances?
2: Uh, No, I I feel like, Roy his, and his game plan was all about staying in the game to 75 minutes. Mm. And he was going to make that change for Franca and Ahamada. And then the goal literally just, he just delayed it for a couple of minutes. So he still, I think he still intended, look, because I, I would rather we went there and then go for that. When we pull one goal back, go for it. We lose 3-1, we lose 3-1.
1: Yeah.
2: That's what, that's what I think most fans would, would have probably would have wanted. And, the whole Roy's negative comments from a lot of people is it, it, it's it's not necessarily negativity. It, it's just it's how he sees a game going, and like we we've said, he stay he stays in a game as long as he can, and then we'll go we'll go for it. I think everyone was frustrated after Bournemouth that we didn't go for it at one 0 down, and I don't think it matters if it's Bournemouth or Man City. Roy's Roy, and the, that's the way he views a game of football is. He didn't want to change it at 1-0 and then they scored their second goal in injury time, didn't they, that day, that night, sorry. Yes. So yeah, it didn't really surprise me, to be honest. Um touching on David Ozo and, and how well he did. I think when he made his his Premier League debut and there was a lot of noise about him through the Academy, I think some of the stuff I heard a few things that it sort of went to his head a little bit and his performances in the t- under 21s did drop off after that. And I think as a young footballer, if you if you sort of start to believe that you've made it when you make your debut for in, in the first team. It can be dangerous, but judging on the way he sort of come back and hit his form again with the under-21s and then he's took his opportunity with both hands on, on Saturday. Like, I watched the game the whole 90 minutes back and he was unbelievable for an 18 year old to do what he did. He, he, he was literally all over the pitch. He was energy. He was physical. He didn't care. He was playing against Rodri. He was putting it on Rodri. Like, it it was superb to see, and he's probably not going to start on Thursday because I, I think Lerman might be back, um, but he's certainly ready. As, as soon as he's called upon, he is ready. He's Premier League ready now, whether he's eighteen or twenty-eight. He, I think, physically and mentally, he is ready now to be a Premier League footballer whenever he's called upon. So it's, it was really promising. And, and France are again. I think it's Roy being very clever. Um, you chuck him in at the wrong time. Like Tottenham, he didn't look very good, but I think it was the wrong time. It, it was it, it was the wrong sort of game for him, and everyone remembers the chance that he missed, which wasn't that an easier chance, but it was the perfect perfect storm for him on Saturday. Coming on at that time with the momentum we had, and yeah, he just grabbed it with both hands, and it's just all promising signs, and it's all it's another lift for us fans because it's been a bit it's been a bit crap the last few weeks and certainly leading into this busy period at Christmas, there's loads of positives come out Saturday.
1: Yeah, it's we're, we're simple people, football fans. I think there's, there's one thing that unites us. And I think it is when a young player gets the opportunity, I think it's excitement more than expectation. Even uh even if that is a 20 million pound Brazilian signing, I still think there's relative, just genuine excitement for what they can do and, supporting those players if the opportunity is there. And I think that even just franchise sort of speeding past Kyle Walker a couple of times, that's, that's enough. That's enough for supporters to get us, to get us going. I'm seeing compilations of that already and stuff like that, which is really quite amusing, but that's all people want to see. And it's stuff like that that makes some of those defeats a lot easier to take sometimes, but it's even better when it contributes to a sort of a, a rescue point, like Saturday, Mateta's names come up. Um, you know, as as cover, when does he play better than when he's sort of weeks away from the jan- from the transfer window? Um, do you think? Do you think Jack that likely changes his future here if there is a, an additional striker available? Do you think that is enough?
0: Just lift my answer from before Plymouth and okay. put it in here. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that probably was his best performance in a paler shirt. Um, given given the job he was asked to do, um. That lone furrow is no harder than against Man City, whose centre-backs are as technically gifted as as said centre-half. So he really had a hard task. But to keep going, I, we, I, we on this podcast, have often talked about him physically and how sometimes he looks like he's he's labouring after 10, 15 minutes. But to still be right at it, um, going into the 95th, 96th minute, um, all credit to him, he was great. But what, another thing we've also said with him, What he does best is bring the chaos and that penalty comes about from causing chaos. That is not a phase of football that either manager is training. That is all caused by him being as chaotic as possible, leading to the throw-in, winning the ball back from Bernardo Silva and then getting in the way of Phil Foden. And and that is um, as clear a penalty as you'll see. So, yeah, I was delighted for him. I don't know what it means for him moving forward. I wonder if he's got a clever agent who just plays kind of roulette in terms of which German club he's going to link with with right. him a couple of weeks ahead of the transfer window but you know, if, he, if he plays like that you, you can't argue that he hasn't got a place in this Palace squad the, the, the sad truth is we've not seen a performance of that level since maybe his cameo against Wolves which was what three months ago so you know you need it more regularly than that from from JP but in terms of Saturday no complaints here I thought he was absolutely excellent
1: 2-2 two two now Win <laughs> two could have
0: been three. In two and why did he not fancy? Well, maybe there's a conversation we had about the penalty. Did he? Did he have to go off? Did the trainer have to come on for him or something? Why? What, what, why wasn't he taking the penalty? and Then Ebbs, who's actually been our penalty taker, was also on the pitch, but it's still yeah, Michael Elise. So I, I don't know. It went in. That's all I really care it, about. It but. went
1: in. There was there was a video that's just following the sort of the lead up to the penalty, and you've got Elise and Ebbs having a quite a long chat by the penalty spot. Franca kind of steps in and leans in as if to say <laughs> Any, anything going I'll, I'll I'll give it a go and then sort of quietly backs away respect to be respected to yeah. be respected yeah yeah I, you know that's that's what you want for your four players as long as they're not doing what was it the Benteke against Bournemouth where you are sort of Ooh. wrestling it off each other and all that stuff but um you met another thing with Mateta I, I I don't know how accurate it is and I, I know that certainly with possession stats in football and touches a touch statistically constitutes as you controlling it and then making a pass um but it's, i saw something that said mateta had four i think it was four touches in there attacking third of uh, palace's pitch so one of those you imagine is the goal one of those is winning the ball back one of those is possibly the the foul for the penalty and maybe the other one is in the first half with edison the edison incident which has, was not in Sky's highlights. Was not a match of the. Day. I think was it a match of the day in the end. It of was problems? a match of the day. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, you know on another day, a, a couple of pogs that I've listened to this morning, sort of wider uh, football ones, are sort of asking the question why? Why wasn't that? Why wasn't that a red card? I'm not saying it was an obvious situation, but Longy, were you, were you when you saw that? Were you thinking, oh, another game, another ground. This th- 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 we're, we're up against ten men here.
2: Yeah, I was still. I was still reeling from the from the IU second yellow card from oh, week four, yeah. and I was still angry when I saw that challenge. And I was like, "That's the red card every week. If it's the, if Dean Henderson's doing that, he's gay, he's walking." And yeah, it was one of those. It was probably borderline. He's going away from goal and all that sort of thing. However, if it was Dean Henderson, he's getting sent off. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> so it, Ma- it was Manchester like, Red as well. <laughs> oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So it, it was one of those. I think we can feel aggrieved. However, we can not, not as badly as the, yeah. the Liverpool turnover events and the, the goings on in that game. It weren't as obviously as against us as that. But yeah, it was certainly, I'm adamant if it was Dean Henderson, he would have would walked for that. Yeah.
0: I think um, if, um, if Paul Tierney gives that as a red, I don't think Navarre overturns it. If Paul Tierney no. gives that as a yellow, Navarre doesn't overturn it. I think yeah. it's all about the on pitch interpretation of that one.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Um, <clears throat> and Longy's point about the touch is probably what does dissuade Paul Tierney from, from issuing the red there. Um, I don't know. I, I saw it back quite quickly after it happened. And I did think, if albeit not at the Etihad, if that had been anywhere, but a Palace goalkeeper sent off for that, mm. I'd be absolutely furious. So I don't know. I, I'm probably a bit more, I understand why it wasn't. But as Longy says, if that had been in that game at the other end, I think Dean Henderson might have been walking in. Remy Matthews coming on
1: for the second week in a row, getting his gloves worn. Yeah. Um, on the goalkeeper, I think we should just take a moment for Dean Henderson. The Premier League debut for Palace. Really, you know, I would say it still kind of felt like his debut full stop because, what was it, 10, 15, 20 minutes at that Old Trafford game and he went off after sort of pulling up on a goal kick. Uh, Actually, today laughed at him for pulling up with cramp because... and. I, I'd understand goalies with crabs quite they, an unusual. They tried fit. to, but
2: Shay Given co- quickly corrected him and was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Goalkeeper Union, he weren't Bats, having any of it. Bats him fully. Speak, Henderson so, said. But,
0: he, but, and speaking of debuts, I thought Shay Given on Max the Day, that's one of the best debuts on Max the Day I've seen for a long time. Yeah, he's
2: a that legend.
1: That was brilliant. Man. That was quality. Yeah, he, was Sorry, ex- it, he was excellent. That's <laughs> so, uh, Henderson himself said, I, I don't know whether he was joking or not, tongue in cheek, he said, oh, I had some tight socks on. The socks were a bit too tight. <laughs> But, but, you know, given how some of these true socks and the fact some of the wingers cut the holes in the back, you think, well, maybe. But credit to him, you know, obviously had been injured for a while and all the talk prior to the game was that probably probably wouldn't be put in if if others were available, but looking around going, can you can, can you just come in a couple of days earlier than you would like to a game? A, f- a footballer is never going to say, no, I can't play. And I think Henderson put himself forward in the end, but it, Giving the circumstances, because I I would seeing you're wincing every time he's going down, thinking, "Oh no, is he stretched?" That that save from the I think Bernardo Silver one, where where he does stay down for a little bit, you do think, you know, if he, if there is an existing, if the if the injury hasn't fully healed, that looks like the sort of fall, the sort of stretch, the sort of spring that could recur uh, an existing problem. But he was another one of many highlights on the day. I mean. It's it's a, it's been a, a strange time for him at Palace so far, but that that, that sets him well on his way to just be in favour of absolutely everybody, right?
0: Yeah, for me, it it, it indicates the the quality the guy's got, and, and probably again highlights why, despite many fans questioning why that money was spent on him, why that money was spent on him, because I think if Dean Henderson's not in goal on Saturday, we don't get back in that game. So. With that considered, it's, um, it's it's added quality to the squad. That save was outstanding. What's even better about that save is the way the ball ricochets across the penalty area. He's not set, and uh, and the way Bernardo Silva hits the ball means it's in double quick time, and it's a great save. So, um, really pleased for, for Dean Henderson. I think he, you know, said in that same interview about his socks that that's his first Premier League start for 12 months, so that will mean a lot for him. And as Celzy said in the post-match time after time. With Roy and, and with Dean Kiley as goalkeeping coach, possession is 9 of the law. So it's a big big day for him. And um unsure what the situation with Sam Johnson is, but even if Sam Johnson's back in the next few weeks, depending on what Dean Henderson does this Thursday against Brighton and then against Chelsea after Christmas, um, it, it could be Dean Henderson's number one jersey to lose now. Do you
1: not think... Uh, that's, that's something else uh, at the other end of the pitch, I'm still thinking... Ebbs comes on, what, the last five minutes or so prior to injury time? And suddenly you're looking and going, yeah, we had quite a lot of youngsters on the bench on the weekend, but you know the issues that we were having in terms of of turning games around or trying to win games from the bench over this winter that we've had and the absentees we've had, certainly in forward areas, suddenly you're kind of looking ahead and going, right, Ebbs is coming up to probably ready to start very soon again. Francis is now coming on and making enough of an impact to you'd hope trust put some trust in the manager you've still got Ayu to come back i don't know how long that absentee is and same with edward but you've got mateta playing very well you've got um and suddenly you're looking around going okay we're almost can we come out of the fetal position again and start to believe and at the end of that game longy has to make you think yeah of course we've always tried to stay in games but haven't necessarily always had the personnel if not the belief to 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 rescue it lately but that that close to that game is gonna do a wonder for the the player, the squad, and and the management, right?
2: Yeah, and, and I think the fans as well, mate. I think mean, this season it's it's been really flat, and there's been lots of noise and negativity within our fan base, and infighting, and people slagging each other off, and like lots of people have different opinions, and there's I feel like. People don't respect other people's opinions anymore. I mean, I'm one that you can have your opinion, and that's absolutely fine. I'll have my opinion, but I feel like more now this season than ever. There's a lot of a lot of guys within the social media fan base, and also going to games. Uh, they're coming up with loads of nonsense, and yeah, it's been it's been it's been a hard season because injuries have absolutely killed us. There's no doubt that the club their transfer policy has not worked out. It was a gamble. Um, I think in that gamble, they they that's what, one of the main reasons they gave Roy the, the, one more season because they could see him, that he's the guy who could, who could do it on a shoestring like he did before, which is unfair to him. Um, and it's put him in a bit of a position where he's apt to come across negatively. And you can see he's not been too happy with what, the squad and stuff like that. But yeah, I think Saturday... It would have given, like I say, the players, the management staff, and definitely our fans, a massive boost. Because um, Bournemouth was Bournemouth was horrendous. Like the end of that game was, I don't i have ever felt as shit as yeah. as I did that night. As stood there and the noise and the and someone throwing a bottle at Roy. Like I mean, the he's an old fella, mate. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just, I just, oh, it was a horrible, horrible night. And I was, I was down for a few days from that. Just. I couldn't believe how how sort of low it had got. And then the reaction on the Saturday against Liverpool, we were unbelievable for 75 minutes. We were, we were unbelievable. And any worries I had that the, the players had given up on Roy were, were gone. And I knew, yep, yeah, the players, they're still having this manager. So we need to have him as well. As long as he's here, we need to have him. Um, and then Saturday, again, it's just cemented it. And it's took it to another level because we, we we managed to put an unbelievable result out of the bag. And it's just given everyone a lift, you know.
1: Yeah, it was nice to come away with that with something as well, because I felt like the Liverpool performance also was quite galvanising and a really impressive response. But to come away from it was still quite frustrating. You thought, yeah. God, even if we're going to play well against these big sides, are we still just going to be in three weeks' time and be no better points-wise? But to to, to get one there on Saturday in the way that we did, uh, buzz it. Everyone should be really happy with that. Um, I feel like we could snooze on this part one for a long time. I could even give some words. Jairo Riedeval played 80 minutes guys. Like can can, you, can we just take that in for a second? You know, like we the the, the team we put out and how we did that is uh, brilliant and I I'm, I couldn't be happier for the squad and uh, and the management. We'll save some of that extra positivity for 3-2-1 as well, which will be cut up next, actually, in part two, along with some listener questions. It's funny, we do well. There's far less, far fewer listener questions, and that's funny how it works. But, uh, so we'll bunch those two together in part two after this. Welcome back, it's part two of the Five Year Plan podcast, sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. It's Let's, let's go into three, two, one. 2, 1 then. Uh, for those who don't know, each of us bring forward someone or something that we think is deemed of praiseworthy and, and holding up a little higher than everything else from the previous week of Palace. And then between us, we attribute 3, 2 or 1 point to them and they go into our official chart table, which JD has locked away somewhere. Um, funny enough, the of the listener questions that we've had, two of them were very, very similar. One was Ian Crawley saying, has being knocked off the top of the free two one league table galvanized Meteta to start contributing again? <laughs> and Lee Garrard has also said, Is the pod as excited as I am at the prospect of JP in his rightful position at the top of the 321 league? Well, I mean, he hasn't he, he got knocked off for what, a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, but Jack, Jack. I, I don't know who. I'm not. I'm not suggesting you're going to put him at the top, but you know he's,
0: he's, he's he might be in the mixer today. He's in the mixer for sure, isn't he? I mean, I might have to have an awkward conversation here because I'm pretty sure I bet my mortgage he wouldn't get up a point this season. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him forward. I thought, as I said, I thought that was his best performance in the Palace shirt. Um, thought he was absolutely exceptional and just has this knack of just turning up as you say, Jack, this time of year. Just recall him. Uh, the the new year of of Vieira's first season going into the Norwich game and uh, then t- scoring the winner at the Den when he first joined his first goal was was against Brighton in in January as well so he does love the festive period going into the new year can't deny it but technically speaking it, he won't have many harder tasks than doing what he did on Saturday and and he did it absolutely brilliantly I've I've listened to some on a non Palace specific podcast then and everybody's called him out in terms of praise. Um, can you call out someone positively? I don't know. But anyway, they did. Uh, you can call him out. Yeah, yeah, you could pick out or highlight. Pick him out. Yeah, pick. they picked him out. That's probably better. Yeah. Um, as somebody who did really, really well. And as I said, I'm sort of kind of repeating myself here, but there's not much to add from my my point about him in the first half. I, I just feel he's best when he's playing instinctively and causing chaos. And even against a, a team as well-trained and a group of players as well-trained as, as cities, they couldn't <laughs> deal with... Hurricane Jean Philippe, and uh, it, it resulted in a very chaotic penalty being given. Phil Foden, who's technically gifted and time a ball beautifully, even he was impacted by by the hurricane of, of Jean Philippe coming into the penalty area. And yeah, the only surprise was that, that JP didn't take the penalty. But as I said, it doesn't really matter. One goal, um, two and two for him, and I'm quite pleased for him because he does get stick. Some yeah. of it deserved, um, but it must be pleasing for him to um, to know that he's contributed significantly to to a, what was a very, very good point. So, yeah, Jean-Philippe Mateta for me this week.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I've i, I had my, my criticism about him as well. I, I feel like for someone so tall, he can look quite um, unconvincing aerially. Uh, but the hold-up play Saturday, from what I've seen, was really good. And, yeah, that chaos factor is enough. I feel like, especially against some of those stronger teams, I feel like another one of his really strong games where it was quite similar sir, with the three nil, Vieira's three 0 against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I seem to remember him having a sort of similarly the the, the kind of centre backs. Jim couldn't quite work out how to how to manage between them. Um, and yeah, there's there's something in that, uh, and it's it's just about using it right, and whether that's him applying it correctly or or the way we use him.
0: That, that penalty on Saturday wasn't entirely different from the penalty he won against Liverpool. And I think it's just his size; it just disrupts the equilibrium of a centre half. He just doesn't know where he is, and the fact that Jean Philippe is six foot four, six foot five, can get his leg in front of, of a defender where other strikers might not be able to. I think he's probably contributive to both. Yeah, deceptively Big, quick. He's all, all leg, all leg, deceptively smart in the sense that he kind of read both those yeah. kind of ball movements. And yeah, um, yeah. If if that Jean Philippe hangs around, yeah. Great. That, that's the hope, and the hope is that Roy can now galvanise him and say, "Look what you did against the best team in Europe, the current treble winners. Can you do that against Brighton on Thursday night? Can you do that against Brentford in a couple of weeks' time? Can you do that against Everton in the cup? Can you can you do it every week, John Philippe? And that's the test now." For him.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Someone I don't know how accurate or recent this is. Alex is has, has sent us a two st- comparative stats, Edward. 192 minutes per goal or assist this season. Mateta, 79 minutes per goal or assist this season. At Harland levels, that is Yeah, ridiculous. I assume that includes the, the Plymouth Cup game, maybe. just, to, oh, just, right. just I, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. But, um, Longy, uh, the way things are, I think second the second-choice strike is quite difficult for a team of our level because we're never doing well. And I, I presume that the reserve or whoever's backup thinks Oh, I should be getting games here because you know we're not we're not winning every week. And for someone who's kind of been in that position quite a lot of his time at Palace, despite everything, despite the links away, if he's desperate to kick out, kick down the door and leave, he doesn't necessarily sh- kick up a fuss publicly, does he? He seems to just get on with it and enjoy his football. And when called upon, you're still going to get the odd performance like this. It's quite are we being? Is it difficult to expect too much more from
2: somebody in his position? I think this season I've been re- I've lost my patience with, with JP so many times, and to the point of I'm I'm questioning even bringing him on. What's the point of bringing him on? He's not doing anything because hmm. he's he he just I don't know he's he he's, he seems to have lost his any sort of form that he's had since the Plymouth game. Yeah. Um But I I was having a conversation last week at work, and one of the guys I know through work is really he's best friends with Nathaniel the Klein, and he was telling me that. The squad, everyone in the squad loves JP. They love him. He is massive in that change room. He's one of the main characters. He's He brings the banter. He loves the banter. And and every single player in that squad loves him. And I think someone like that within the squad, same with like Remy Matthews, them sort of characters are so important. So after the conversation I had with my, with my mate, I was a little bit more for um, JP. And then he went, and then he came on and scored, uh, scored the penalty against Liverpool. But even that, even at that moment, I was losing my head, thinking, "Why are you taking that penalty?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like Jacks already said, Saturday, hands down, was his best performance in the shirt. He scored some real good goal, like the the the, the backheel against Brighton and the, the goal against Moore. Like he is, he's. I think he's already cemented cult cult hero status so at Chris Palace. Sure. There's no doubt with the goals he scored. Um, but Saturday, yeah, it was it was the most complete performance he's ever given, and it, all I want to see is more of that. Like, not I'm not expecting them levels every time, but just he was putting in the effort that I always question. Why is he not putting effort in? Why is he not using his physical size? He should be so much more physical against defenders, and they sh- and he should do, do that all the time. Sometimes he, he can't win headers against shorter centre arse, and but now he, he brought his A game Saturday and. Yeah, more of the same. If he, if he can do that, I'm more than happy for him to stay at Crystal Palace. Um, the 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 rumors are we only get a striker in if he leaves. I feel like we need another striker within the squad, any within the group, he, and and keep him. Um, but yeah, J, JP, he's he's. He, I give him his props for Saturday. He was re- he was excellent.
1: Yeah. I- what you said there, what, what Klein said there, I think it was, it was also the, I think James McArthur said something quite similar, but sort of yes. in the, in the interview. Yeah. Yeah. With JD yeah, and yeah.
2: Jack as well. So and, and that, I'd listened to that podcast on the way home from the shift that I'd just spoken to right. my mate about him. So I was like, oh, there you go. Yeah. So, so
0: you couldn't help, but not to support for anyone that hasn't listened, but that, that run of Barry, know, when Nick Pope makes that amazing save last season and, he's still walking in Australia being like, my time will come and, and what happens, he scores probably the most important goal of last season home to Leicester. So yeah. the guy backs himself. And I, I think I recall Ebs and Mark Gay doing a piece for some Premier League productions or someone earlier in the season. And both of them just start cracking up at the mere mention of JP. And football it's just... Football focus it was. was a football focus. And they, yeah, they just yeah. loved it. They just loved talking about him. Um The fact he came into pre-season or at one point last season with a completely shaven head and not tell to anyone and just, yeah, no you know, they love it. So, yeah, I'm pleased because he, as as as, as long you just said, clearly a great character. He's got a lot of love from the other players. So if the other players are backing him, the fans should still. And if he puts in performances like Saturday, it's going to be hard not to because it, it really was a, a very, very good Premier League striker's performance, let alone Sean philippe Mateta.
1: Thursday night if Thursday night if there's, oh, so if he there's on
0: Thursday, it could be yeah it could be a good one
1: could it could be statue time
0: statue <laughs> <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything yeah, Longy, everything Longy just that. said though but when Longy <laughs> was saying about you know how you, how you feel about him you just know that within months of him going whenever that might be if that's January or summer or a couple of years time how quickly we're going to be longing for JP to be back oh, Ah, yeah. that guy what he had in him you know could yeah. really do with JP off the bench or something like that, you know. When
2: he's scoring in the Champions League, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, that's, that's the fear right. with these guys. You lose Indeed. a trick, they yeah. Um So we've got JP up for three, two, one. Ben Long, what have you got in mind? Who have you got in mind?
2: I am going to go Dean Henderson. Um, again, I was touched on it earlier. There's been a lot of negative noise this season from a lot of our fan base. Why are we spending this money on a goalkeeper? We need this, we need that. I know for a fact that the signing of Dean Henderson made no effect on what we were going to spend on any striker. Um, if if the striker, if the deal we could have done for a striker was available, we'd have done that and still done Dean Henderson. 20 million pounds or 15 million pounds raised rising to 20 million pounds for a 26 year old, potentially world class goalkeeper, is a no-brainer for me whether we had Sam Johnson at the club or not, Sam Johnson was going to leave Crystal Palace. He was homesick in the summer. and it, I, I think he fell in love with Crystal Palace. That run of games where he, he won the number one shirt and then he got told he was number one by Roy in the summer. I think, And then just the love he got. He got his own song, Mad Quick. He fell in love with Crystal Palace and decided he didn't want to leave anymore. However, he's, what, 30 years old? So he's four years older than Dean Henderson anyway. It, the, the deal was a no-brainer. And the negative noise about it all just didn't, it It was confounded because he got injured after 20 minutes in the cup game. And then all of a sudden he's this injury prone goalkeeper. And again, it's why did we do it? Why did we do it? Saturday shows you why we spent the money on him. He was unbelievable. The, 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 four, the, the full stretch save was one for the photo album, but there was numerous saves in that game, which, which were world-class. And, the confidence that you could see he was giving the defence. When you're playing in defence, if your goalie is unreal behind you, you are so much more confident. And I, I could just see it, watching the highlights back and watching the game back. I felt like the defenders were so relaxed, giving the ball. They It just seemed to up their confidence levels a few percent, which they don't really need anyway, because our center after are two of the best in the league. But yeah, I think his, his whole contribution to the game, keeping us in the game with his saves, Um. Some I saw some negative comments about his distribution, but he's not fully fit, clearly. I mean, he'd been training for two weeks, but people don't understand that goalkeepers do need to have some sort of match fitness in them um, with regards to the distribution. But yeah, he, he I thought he was unbelievable and he silenced a lot of his doubters on the, on the weekend and people questioning why we paid the money. And I know it's only one game, but for me... I think Selzy said it on the post match pod. He will go on to either make a lot of appearances for Crystal Palace, or we will make money on that guy because he will be going to a top top club, and, he, and he's going to be he'll be England's one, number one one day as well. So,
1: yeah, I, I think my favourite of the lot, even though it might be one he's more expected to save, I really enjoyed that Alvarez the save from Alvarez where he gets yeah. down low pretty quick. I don't think Alvarez can do much more of that header to yeah. get it down low. And pick a corner and it, it the reflexes the reflexes were not uh rusty, certainly. Um, I was surprised, I thought I, I didn't think, or oh, maybe the work because of the reports prior to the game, I thought maybe he'll have someone else taking the goal kicks, possibly, yeah. But um, but uh, that didn't come to pass. And yeah, I, I think when a new goalkeeper comes in, it's it's a bit rough, is it, Jack, to expect sort of um magic and big, huge saves immediately. I remember Guaita coming in, and because Baroni was such a kind of there's so many highlights uh, of his time at Palace. It's someone quite when you're looking for a new kind of permanent number one, you're thinking, right, are you gonna pull out some some magic stops here? And he was actually just quite steady and dependable. It was a different kind of goalkeeping sort of reliance. But Henderson's coming and already this early has gone, no, 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 I I I will save you points as well as kind of just putting some trust in you. Um, which, given the timing of the Johnson injury, is very helpful right now, right?
0: Yeah, I mean the first thing I think about him is is how confident he is. He's he's a very confident guy, trusting his own ability and and yeah, that that's very evident. But you need that as a goalkeeper, you need to back yourself, particularly when you're going somewhere like the Etihad. had. Um as longy says 26, um, has played a lot of league football across a number of different uh managers, across a number of different formations, but you know, I totally agree with Longhi in that you know, Joe Manderson and Mark Gay will be enjoying having, um, you know, good quality goalkeeper behind them. But how many goalkeepers are going to have their league debut behind Mark Gay and Jörg Anderson? Like, that, that's a good back, centre-back duo to go. I know it's a three on Saturday, but yeah, that that part of the squad is very, very strong. And as Selzy said in the post-match pod, in terms of goalkeeper department, that is, if both are fit, that is European levels. That is, that's top quality um, recruitment. And I've heard similar to Longhi in terms of, that deal. that deal did not get in the way of, of other business. We did not sacrifice signing the next hot striker, the next big thing to come. That that did not happen. That money was almost from like the savings of saving for a rainy day and that deal was too good to ignore. So, you know, whatever happens with Sam Johnston moving forward and, and there are still murmurings that other clubs are still, despite Sam Johnson signing that contract, looking at Johnson in January. You know, Newcastle are without a number one goalkeeper at the moment and Sam Johnson has been playing at a very high level. But I was so assured by Dean Henderson's performance on Saturday. I, I'm really quite comfortable with whichever one of them is starting. But as, as I said in the first part, I think Selzy's point that he's talked about previously in terms of Vicente and Sam Johnston um, in the positions 9 of the Lord. I, I think that is probably true now. And um, and Roy won't want to mix around with his goalkeepers. You, you've seen it. You, see, you know, and we see it when when Brighton come on 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 Thursday. You know, a lot. Obviously, the focus is on Arsenal in terms of David Ryer and Aaron Ramsdale, but. Brighton have been pissing around with their goalkeepers this season and that, um, is it Bart Verbruggen, the the Dutch guy they've got? Like, I don't think he's particularly benefited from being in one week and out the next week and of the two goalkeepers they've got, I think Jason Steele's been by far their better goalkeeper but for some whatever reason they're they're kind of mixing and matching. So, I don't think I'd expect Roy to do that. I think he'll stick with one of them. Um, I guess the fortune is we have a cup competition starting in the next three weeks. So, both goalkeepers, if fit, will get no minutes, you'd imagine. But, yeah, really pleased with Dean Henderson. Um, yeah, good <laughs> good league debut as they go.
1: Indeed. Oh, have we had a penalty specialist in goal before? Uh, uh, Nico Vasson might stretch I guess, because of that, the actual shootout at Sunderland. But, but Henderson might be our first one in quite a while, right?
0: Has he got a reputation as a... Oh, of course. he uh, Forrest last year, he saved a few, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look,
1: hopefully, won't have to. That won't be required. But you know, it, it's nice to know that have a goalkeeper that's got that in their back pocket. So I'm, I'm trying to think, Palace wise, there's not. The list isn't obvious. I think Julian only saved one or two in his whole time with us. Cedric Bertola? Cedric Bertola, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I I was I was looking for unexplained reasons. I was looking at Cedric Carasso's Wikipedia page earlier. Wow. Yeah. What's he oh, now? Um, I think he has retired now, but. The amount of, he finished at Galatasaray, like this guy played, his, his career thing is amazing. And there's just, there's just a one-game loan at Crystal Palace. Yeah, make sense of that. Oh, that was when I was looking. When I was looking at the fancy Sanjihi thing, I was just checking what year it was, and then started going down a rabbit hole of Palace squads on Wikipedia. <laughs> and it's I, funny, I know good not, morning. Yeah, I know I'm not the only one, listener. I know you. I know you can do that right now. Actually, you can listen to this and do that. Nothing's stopping you. Um, right, that leads me to put somebody forward. Yeah,
0: go on, Joe. Who are you bringing in?
1: I uh, I'll go I'll go for some of what we've spoken about already. I, I feel I feel like David Ozo, welcome to the party. I think that's that's somebody who I hope now is just part of the first team squad mix. I am sure he's been part of the training and the senior team training for a little while now, still getting the occasional game at the the kind of youth levels because you know that game time is still very valuable for players at his age. But there's a performance, there's a there's a an opportunity that was grabbed with both hands, and while it may not affect what we do in january i suspect I suspect Steve parish is uh, stroking his chin though um it is nice to it's nice to have another academy product that we can look to now not not out of hope even but just there's a level there that can that can get us through some games and maybe get some games over the line between now and the end of the season, which at eighteen years old at the Premier League level. Uh there's something that sells says quite a lot uh around kind of Roy being a bit hesitant with with throwing youngsters in and it's essentially to be you've got to be eighteen nineteen and already be among the sort of hundred best players in your position in the world to to get regular minutes in the Premier League and so for ozo to play in what will be one of the you know as debuts go, that's one of the biggest of your life, right? Away at Man City, who've just won the treble and who are now, I believe, on their way to um, the other side of the world for the Club World Cup, possibly make that. Does it count as a quadruple or does it have to be
0: yeah, this year? I don't know. It's like community Shield, all that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Stick
0: with the treble.
1: Sit with the treble. Stick with the treble. Yeah. Still, still a decent achievement. <laughs> um, so for him to, to come in against the Rodri, against the Foden caused Foden enough problems in the, the, the penalty build-up. But also, yeah, just just generally speaking, just a complete pest and the energy that we needed at a time where there was more and more people hobbling off. It's starting to look around. And you could be, you know, we remember two months ago, I think that Forest game was probably the real low point in terms of how who was available. Um, and so now it's really great that out of that scenario, out of that storm, comes... Well, it looks like a really promising, certainly season, if not future beyond that for David Ozo. So, I think that's worthy of giving him a little pat on the back and throwing him in the mix here.
0: There's not much more to say about David Ozo because I think we covered it in the first part, and you've just added to it there, Joe. But I think for me, the key thing with with his entry into the game kind of goes beyond the game in terms of Roy taking a number of the the youngsters with the first team last week, yeah. then taking them to Manchester. So tire, Adam Ola, Adam Ola, Ola, Adabomi, David Ozo and Sean Grayen, all training with the first team last week, as well as Franco Uma. Like, that's five players that have come into the first team squad. Needs must, yeah. but it's needs must with the caveat that they're all clearly able to mix it with the first team. And, and clearly David was kind of at the top of the list in terms of who was who was most ready. But I, I think, and you alluded to it in the first part, he's mentioned it too, the fact that Roy is so often charged with this doesn't trust youngsters. Well, he's kind of had his hand forced in this instance, but I, I, I've never believed that. I've always felt that if there was an opportunity to give a youngster who was ready to, to get minutes, he will give it to them. And I think we'll, we'll be adding David Ozo's name, but come the end of this season, we'll be talking about David Ozo's um, kind of implementation to the first-team squad, like we talked about Roy's use of Aaron Wambasaka and, and Tori Mitchell. Yeah, and, and it's
1: great. I don't think he'll be wearing fifty-two next season. Put no, it that way. No, no, no. Um, and again, the amount of youngsters that travelled and trained, as well as the the handful that made it on the sub bench, you know, a Malcolm Abue might not see it the same way, given the circumstances of his arrival. But
0: if he you're someone, loan, he needs a loan
1: that guy big time. But if you're somebody else in the in the loan system, if you're Olo Adabomi or another player that, of that kind of level that we're trying to approach at a teenage level, there's a at least a hint of a pathway there, you know? That, you know, This is a club you want to come to, and yeah, you know, we're not going to be able to... We're not going to fill up a 25-band squad full of just senior, experienced players. We're going to need to call upon people at some point in the year. This is always... Especially in the winter, a club of Palace's size, I feel like we have an injury crisis every winter, at least every other season. And it's it's. I think we just have to. It's something we just have to cope with. This season, I think it's been worse than some of the others recently. But it means you are gonna. There are glimmers of hope here for. Which at Premier League level, there's not many Premier League clubs that are gonna offer that for players. They'll they'll just do the square peg stuff and and. So I I think long term there's 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 hope there for for more David Ozo's for more more first team appearances and you mentioned the the cup game. Jack, I think that that Everton Thursday night, you might. I think we'll be very. I think that I think we'll see a lot more of that. I think it'd be very interesting to see what lineup comes out on that. Um, okay, so we've got there JP Mateta looking to retain regain his crown from Jeff salerma You've got Dean Henderson, who I believe will be yeah that will be his first point to the season here, and the same David Ozo two here. I think are going to get their first points. Who who takes the maximum? Do we think?
0: Well, talking of first entries of the season, I think we should let Longy allocate the points given it's his first appearance of
2: yeah. the season. Go on the way the way I see the three two one, there with the three we picked, I see Dean Henderson could arguably say he was one of the reasons we got a point because he won us the point with, with keeping us in the game. Um, I'd say JP his best performance um, for the club. I think we're all agree with that would be in second place. And then we don't want to get too carried away with David Ozo. So we'll give him the one point this week. And I expect to see a few more points this season for him um, every, when he gets a few more appearances.
1: I'm more than happy with that. Are you, Jack? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. There we go. Um, I'll be interested to see an update on the table where that does, where that does leave JP Mateta. I, I mean, think my mortgage might two. be safe. I think, yeah.
0: I think he might just be missing out.
1: Yeah. You're cutting it fine. I think you just, yeah, yeah. You've just won't, be making,
0: won't be making those. Assertions
1: again. Ridiculous. Yeah. What's this I'm seeing in the Zoom chat here? Your envelope will be in the post. Okay, that's <laughs> that's interesting, Jack. I saw that. Um, I said I'd put the listener questions in amongst 321 here. I think there's literally one question left um, that we haven't covered. And, and even then, I think we kind of have. Alanti Herons has said, incredible fight from the lads in the last two fixtures. That's all for Roy, though, no? which I think we kind of mentioned in passing, but maybe we kind of need to go to again. Given some of the accusations that were thrown around, some of the frustrations after that Bournemouth game, especially um, the Liverpool game obviously wasn't a one-off and with our backs to the wall, perhaps it does suit us to play a Man City, a Liverpool or Chelsea, relatively speaking, but to also get points out of those games. I think we know a well-organised Roy Hudson, can frustrate teams. I think to still get points out of those with the players that we've had missing. Yeah. If they're, if they're not interested, if they're kind of looking oh, you know, if they weren't interested, if they didn't think, if they thought Roy's race was done as Palace manager and there's talk in the dressing room of of someone else having been spoken to or reading the paper and going, oh, yeah, you know, your number's up, Roy. I don't think we'd have seen those two performances. I think there's far too much respect given to him there. And I think that should reassure everybody for not just the rest of the season and the rest of his time here at the club, but certainly this festive period, which... I think after the Bournemouth result, especially and that run of games, the, the Lutons, the the Evertons and, and that game, suddenly the fear of where a point's going to come from. There's nothing to say we're going to go pick nine points up now, but it's still, it, there's a little bit more confidence, there's a little bit more reassurance in there's a, at least going to be a minimum level set here by what we have got available. And you've got to give some credit to Roy for that if if you haven't already,
2: right? I'll face Longy on
0: that one. Yeah, well, I
2: think, the, the problem, I mean, there was a lot of upset when we when we when we sacked Vieira, and because I don't think any of us wanted it to happen. Because we, I think most people loved having Patrick Vieira as our manager. Yeah. He, he just seemed to fit the club, got the club, um, and it, it, we'll always have that that great season. But for me, watching the games, and I know it was a tough run where, but we we hadn't won for a long time, and I did see, I was looking at the players, and I was thinking some of them are not necessarily aren't having him, but. I mean, look, Ebbs weren't even getting in a team. Mm-hmm. And then literally Roy comes in and then he becomes a well and gets back in the England squad. It's just like, that's what I was worried about after the Bournemouth game, was that, are we in that situation now with Roy, other players? That but yeah, the last two games have showed and the comments that um, some players have said, they've quoted the manager. And, and listening to that James McArthur podcast, the way he talks about Roy, Roy, it's just like the guy is so highly respected. I don't, I can't see him losing the dressing room. I really can't. Um, and I think we, we, we as fans, have, 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 we've got to get behind the guy. Um, unless we are banging trouble, he's going to be here till the end of the season. I really do think that. I really think the club have a faith in him to to keep us up. And I know it would be like oh, it's a season wasted, but. We're just going to have to suck it up this year and see see through the season and have the, the highs and the lows of it. But we've got to stay with the guy because I, I think the players are with him, so we've got to be with him as well, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: The yeah. only thing I'll add, Joe, is it's seven days, Roy went from being interviewed post-match Liverpool talking about his love for the game is, is disappearing quickly and everything associated with the PG, MOL. Seven days later, he's he's laughing like a schoolboy at equalising the last minute The he had. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's the turnaround in football. And as you said, at the start of it, you know, football fans are simple souls. And I, to be honest, I think probably football players and football managers are probably the same in that really the result dictates the mood. And, and if you can go and get a point in such a fashion, I can imagine, yeah, he enjoyed that first glass of red on Saturday night. I, I bloody hope he did anyway.
1: I was just going to say, I think it would have been a, a celebratory glass rather than a commiserated bottle as, yeah. it, as, yeah, yeah. As, as he mentioned a savored sip yeah. yes yeah. Um, so yeah f- f- well done Roy for, you, you, Yeah, deserves uh, at least a shout after the last week or so um, which leads us nicely into Thursday night we'll get into that in part three after this Welcome to part three of the Five Year Plan podcast, episode 505. We're just a couple of days away from hosting Brighton Hove Albion. We, you know, always a massive game, always a game that I, you
0: All know. full name privileges equal... there, Joe. Four name privileges for the opposition
1: there. Yeah, yeah, why not? Just just this one time. And
0: polite, polite.
1: It's, it's always a fixture I sort of quake my boots for, no matter how informed we are. Um, Or, you know, something even worse, if we're horrendously out of form, I rarely look to this game and think, well, this will be the one that turns it around for us. However, you have to acknowledge the difference between stumbling into this game off the back of some really kind of uh, dispiriting results against Liverpool and City off the back of existing dispiriting results and performances. To come into this game off the back of a good performance gate liverpool if not a really frustrating result and and a really surprised but well earned point at man city and players returning there's gl- suddenly you know you can just take this game objectively and find plenty of hope there right how what would you say Jet?
0: i hate this match <laughs> i hate this fixture um now living in the part of the world that i do working with oh yeah the football fans the football supporters of, of who they support it's it's one that i just really don't relish until the actual match itself and when the match gets going i'm like oh yeah this is what being a football fans all about i, I love 11 of these men i hate 11 of these men it's it's quite quite easy to to assess but in the build up to it I, I find it all a bit weird i, I find the build up particularly since Brighton have been promoted i, I found the build up between elements of both fan bases to be a bit a bit cringy to be honest. I I think some have made it a bit more than it should be. And I I just find that the the whole build up around the game um, is often a little bit misplaced. That said, that said, what I have noted since the city game is the change in mood from, from palace fans. As you say, Joe, going, you know, from after that Bournemouth game, the, the idea of Bournemouth, the idea of Brighton at home was, was terrifying prospect, not even necessarily Brighton, just the idea of, of them. Um, and now, was, after. The talk last of that
1: being the kind of. Is it going to be the coffin now yeah, for. Hodgson, I be I think, of era. Yeah. He'll be gone after. Yeah. I'll give
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, I think the, the mood has completely changed. And that that point on, on Saturday has completely changed the mood. That is also combined with, you know, I do get a sense of you know, living where I live, is there is an element of the Brighton fan base who, despite winning the Europa League group, despite being relatively comfortable in mid-table in the Premier League, there are some Brighton fans who are saying that Roberto deserve needs to change gear and, and do something differently, which I just find absolutely mind-blowing, to be honest. The, the guy is, <laughs> has worked wonders for them, and um, we do look on enviously at, at their European tour. They've had a great draw in itself. I mean, just the draw itself was was amazing, but they've won that group um, relatively comfortably in the end and, and are, are now you know, without European football until the last 16 in the Europa League. So, you know, acknowledging that, I still find it really surprising that an element of the Brighton fan base is thinking they they could and should be doing better and and would look at losing at Arsenal as, you know, a a way of critiquing the manager, which, you know, Arsenal are top of the league and and will probably head into Christmas top of the league. Um, So, I I don't know. It's a funny one. The only thing I would say in terms of Brighton's current performance, they, they are not at the levels they were at last season in terms of domestic form, but that domestic form has been impacted by their response to the Thursday-Sunday schedule. Their, their form in those games immediately after European commitments has been terrible and their performance on Sunday, albeit against a very good Arsenal team, was was shabby, to put it mildly. You know, I think first half was 15 shots to nil. So then they're not the free-flowing Brighton that they were, but I'm fearful of saying that out loud because I'm worried that Thursday i will be when they do turn it on.
1: Yeah, you, you, I look at things like, uh, I think they're on their second or third choice, left back at the moment, possibly fourth. I think James Milner played left back on, on the weekend.
0: And they've got a young lad playing at right back, um, so, grandson of
1: Paul, Paul Hinchelwood. Oh yeah, mm. my goodness. Yeah, I, I saw that name and just thought, surely not. They got, that must be three generations there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because so. I think the son played there too.
0: Yeah, Adam Hinchelwood played for Brighton.
1: Yeah. yeah um, at the Withdean. Dean. At the Wyvdeen. we've been days. me. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I see things like that and I look for, I look for, oh, maybe, maybe that's someone stick a, a Lise on them. But it, it's never that simple, is it Long This, this game conjures up all kinds of uh, horrible prospects as well as exciting ones. We are, though, it doesn't work like this, we are overdue a home victory against these guys. We haven't, we haven't put them to the sword for a while now. We, I know the it's a reflection of how far they've come, as much as how we what we've got going on. But I think our, our form against them has not been great for quite a while now. There's a lot of draws in there. But what what Im, what impacts would it make us making getting a three points over the line on Thursday?
2: Well, I said about how we should all be boosted from from the re- performances of the last two games and the result on Saturday. If we if we beat them on Thursday, then I think you're going to have 90% of the fan base back onside, fully behind a club. and we can stop all this crap of parish out and all that rubbish that I'm hearing. Mm. And then, and then, and then again, and then we're going into like the rest of the busy period, bouncing, flying, confident players back. Yeah. So it, it would be a massive, massive boost to everyone in the club, the fans, the players, the management staff. Um, I, I, I'm I'm the same as Jack. I hate this game. I think because it, I think it's because it means so much. Because they are big rivals to us, and it's the big game. And it, yeah, it's, it, I do get nervous, tensioned. I feel sick always on a match day. Because um, I just don't want to lose to them. I just don't want to lose to them. And what I've what I've been doing this this season on Thursday nights, I don't go on social media. I don't have Sky Sports on. I just I pretend that I don't know that they're in Europe because of how jealous we are that they've managed to do that before us. Um, but one thing that does get my goat is, is people comparing us and them all the time. It's it's too it's chalk and cheese. It's different locations. They've been able to build a stadium in a location brand new. They've got an owner who will pump money in till the day he dies. Probably and write right it all off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's totally different um, scenarios, and I just hate seeing people going, "Oh, why why can't we do what they're doing?" And and the whole scouting system. Fair play to them. Fair play to them. It, it, they're doing really well. Um, part of me is hoping that they they um, go down the same route at Southampton. They're selling all the best players, and it catches up with them one day. Um, but yeah, like I, I hate these games. The build up to them. But when we do win them, there's there's no better feeling. Like when when were we being last time? Was it just for lockdown? I think it was. Was it the IU lockdown? The, uh, yeah, yeah. the, the that was, yeah, that that was idea. That was brilliant. The, the feeling, and we'll always have the playoff semi-final, which they will never have a, a big game like that over us
0: at at Sellers, though. I think it's 2018, Roy's first season,
2: 3-2. Yeah, 3-2, yeah. We were hanging oh, on that all end. in
0: the first half, we were hanging on desperately. Yeah, we were
2: hanging on. Remember Glenn think...
0: Murray, air-kicking for about two yards out. And then the one before that, I think is... is Bruno? Alassi, yeah, yeah, putting Bruno in the stand of his ass. Lewis Duncan sent off. Lewis Dunk sent off after five minutes. Oh, my God, what a take for yeah. that again. Yeah, God,
2: a long time ago. That's, got, yeah, yeah that, that's,
0: how, that's how long it goes back
2: for the 11 home 11
1: years. Game. That's, yeah, though. for home for home victories, it's not great. I mean, I've, we, away wise, I think I've also forgotten. You've got the IU one, but you have also got the Benteke in the last minute, which ah uh, oh,
2: yeah, lockdown lock football. We don't talk about lockdown football much, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> except but, that one. Except yeah, we yeah, named one two both touch, goals. Yeah, exactly. Two in their in their penalty box in the whole game, we won.
1: Yeah, that might be the last time we beat them. I'm just thinking. I'm trying uh, to. Yeah, the, I think you're right. Yeah,
2: it will be. Yeah, it must be. Yeah,
0: two draws. Conor Gallagher, two goals. Yeah, it's them. Yeah, and then I'd cool. actually forgotten about last year's home game and that was the keeper dropping it on James Hopkins' foot and he put it in. Yes. What, so
2: that was, the end. For, I could... that was the end for him at Brighton, wasn't it? None yeah. Of yeah got the I'm intrigued to see
0: who we have available to us because it could be that we really go from famine to feast quite quickly here. We yeah. could have a number of key players returning. Um, you know, Longy's mentioned. Jefferson Lerma likely to come back in. Ebbs should be fit to start. Michael Elise fit and firing. Um yeah, it, it's exciting. If if we if 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 yeah, if we get a couple of players back and the starting eleven looks a bit stronger, then it'll be a proper good game. And I think I think Roy will get them going. If if he's able to get them going against challenges like Liverpool and City, I think he'll he'll know how to how to get them ready for, for this week and we'll see what we'll see what comes. It could either be a great Christmas or a bit of a dire one.
2: Yeah, the players the know as well. The players know. Players David know. Ozo David Ozo mentions Thursday night in his post-match interview about really? how big the game is on Thursday. So the, you know the players the players know.
0: That's a really interesting point, Elon, because actually this is also... I've mean, never mentioned this week yet, but this is the first Palace Brighton without Wilf. And yeah, I just wow. wonder which team, and particularly which set of fans, might respond to that better. Because yeah. Brighton fans love having Wilf to go at. And he typically would drive their atmosphere in the away end or at the Amex because of whatever he did. And without having that Panto villain, tis the season mm. after all, who will get them going? That that will be quite an interesting dynamic shift for them because it's been so easy for them to hang their hat on. And um, who knows, it might be us crying out for Wilf with 10 minutes to go saying any chance. But I, I do wonder whether that might actually impact the uh, the kind of Brighton focus because he has been such an easy target for them for the last decade or so.
1: I think if they're looking for omens, they're probably quietly happy that Joel Ward is going to miss the game because his legendary unbeaten record is uh, going to remain because he won't be playing by the looks of it. But um, yeah, this is the the timing of the fixture. The last game before Christmas is, as I say, it's a a fixture that I think the most sick to my stomach I've been uh, was that emotion at a game was the playoff when we, once we took the lead in the the semi-final, I was just, I've never been more antsy at football. I was kind of walking up and marching up and down the row, sort of telling people, excuse me, excuse me, just walking around in circles like delirious until the second went in because I was just so nervous. And the idea of that, the importance of this, just in terms of how it can like really lift everyone, you don't want us to sort of lose any goodwill that's been earned over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm trying to look at it positively for now. Trying to look at it like it's an opportunity for heroes to be made for a lot of these young players, possibly. I think what you were saying, Jack, about famine to feast quite quickly. I think at the very least, you're going to see, you know, there's players out there that, that might be able to go and give us an hour or on the flip side, only half an hour. But between that, between them together, that's probably enough for us to do some proactive substitutions and and really, whether it's hold on to what we've got or, or kill them off, that that's something we've not had a lot of in recent weeks and months. So, I mean, th- this could well be the first time that only that you know Ebbs, Ebbs and Lisa have only started together at, at Luton, and we got like a well, what, they've, they've half played seventy
0: three minutes together so far this
1: season. Yeah, so like stuff like that coming coming together right on time. Oh, I hey, love it. Can,
0: can I just say while I mention that Wilf obviously will Not be present. I just wonder whether the Palace number 11 might have a bit to say on Thursday
1: oh. night. Oh, I'll be on the pitch, I think.
0: <laughs> I'm, trying,
1: I'm just thinking like that would be, I'll be there in a Santa hat or something like that, just going
2: out <laughs> to the party. That is what they call the passing of the torch if that happens.
0: Oh, fully fully justified if he does something on Thursday night.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Will for Thursday nights,
1: he. Yes. He, yeah, they've they written in down. the
2: stars that, mate.
1: Yeah, are they... Have they got I, them? Is that what they've got? I haven't seen, I haven't seen. No, no, they've
2: dropped into the Europa, haven't they? That Galatasaray yeah, but is, got
1: Sparta Prague, so... Oh, okay. They,
2: they can go. still
1: meet. I think yeah. that would be the most poetic way of seeing them out. Oh, But, yeah. Yes. But, oh, yeah. Anyway, Thursday. Uh, Jack, just can you... Do you know the setup for our next episode? Is it likely to be... So, I think we're going to try...
0: No, I think we're going to try and get one in just before Christmas, um, just to talk over the Brighton game, because... Weird time of the season. We try and we're going to have to do a double header at some point. But I think, right. <clears throat> I think preferences that we do double header of Brentford or Chelsea and Brentford rather than Brighton and then wait five days to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, we might need to talk about that sooner. I'm hoping we do. Thing. Yeah. If you don't hear from us, listeners, <laughs> because we've been rolled over three now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So keep an eye out. You'll still get a post match pod as usual. Um so if you're a patron, uh that's that's that'll be there for you. And if you're not a patron, uh no pressure, but I will I would highly recommend. I think everyone on this call is a or in this pod is uh patron for for FYP. Um just cite t- patron is P A T R E O N and then five year plan and you'll kind of get the different tiers there of what you can get. Um
0: Got a shout out, Rob and for doing a one AM pod
1: the other night. that, yeah. is, that is dedication. Yeah, um, that, that between them, that and I, I think that post match pod's worth the. You get early access to these episodes as well if you're a patron. You get them, I think, a day early, half a day early. But the the post match pod in it is enough. Is is makes worth worth the money itself. So a sort of rare Selzy, the Selzy dividend. To yes, quite, <laughs> and uh, you know. I thought he was going to be a lot more like the cat that got the cream after that Henderson performance. He, he was relatively uh, restrained, very I thought, modest. I thought, yeah, I think you know, I maybe that's a man that knows there's even more to come, possibly. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, 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 brilliant. Um, but yeah, let's wrap up there before we get to, get too deep into your evenings and ruin your dinner. Uh, Long, thank you so much for coming back on. It's always good having you on. JD always makes a, a mention of it. Uh, you're one of our kind of favourites that. We should always get on a little bit more. So delighted to have you on this episode. Thanks very much.
2: Yeah, no, uh, great, great to be on, mate. And like I say, mate, any any time you want, just give me a shout, and I'll I'm, be I'm more than happy to come back on.
1: Much appreciated. And Jack, thank you very much for being alongside me as often as you are. Always, always holding me through these uh, these hot seat stints, these ships. <laughs> and uh, well, I'll, I'll,
0: I'll be calling upon you next week. So, yeah. um, and I think it's JD taking us into the. Into the new year, to do a reflective piece, as he likes to do.
1: Very nice. Well, yeah, and Thought, so thoughtful,
0: thoughtful kind of guy. So I think he wants to look back and
1: yeah, into through twenty twenty three. Yeah, and you know he's already delivered that Christmas gift of the MacArthur interview. If you haven't checked that out already, that's available on the feed. Um, and yeah, that that I think that concludes us for for this week. So thank you very much, both you guys. Thank you very much, listener. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed for Thursday night. Let's hope we do it. Let's find out.
0: Podcast Network.